Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn in the Office of Mission, Ministry, and Interfaith Dialogue at St. Francis College. My great pleasure to be back with you again today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to how you utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decision you make and a resulting outcome. And one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. We are approaching a very special month, the month of November, designated as National Entrepreneurship Month. And as such, we are honored today to have with us not just one, but two very, very special guests. Their names are Kaylee and Robert Fakuri. Kaylee and Robert, married since 2016, are the co-founders of I-61 Inc., a business consulting company based in California. They guide married entrepreneurs in creating better work-life balance. They are also the co-authors of the enlightening and timely book, Tandem, the Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Kaylee and Robert. Hey, good morning, Greg. We've got good my morning. morning coffee, so we're ready to go. Thanks for having <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, the honor is all ours. Kindly tell our listeners from what city and state you're speaking from today. From the Rose Bowl, Rose Parade capital, I guess, <laughs> Pasadena, California. Oh, you just made this host and the listeners very, very jealous. <laughs> Beautiful part of the state, certainly. Yeah, Sadly, we've only got about 30 minutes. We could spend hours talking about each of you, talking about collectively your business, this fabulous book you've written. We're going to jump right in to the deep end of the pool. Sounds please good. share with us, please, your story on how you ended up focusing your consulting business on married entrepreneurs. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely it's a long story, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll shorten it down to about 35 minutes. No, no. Um, <laughs> well, Kelly and I come from different but similar backgrounds. Actually, I'm a pastor's kid from Hawaii. My wife, Kaylee, she actually grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And uh, we kind of both... Um, had, you know, actually being a pastor is much like running a business, as you may know. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's everything about it. Um, and so we were both, uh, I guess, not victims, but a child or uh, an outcome of growing up in an entrepreneurial family where the business or the ministry tended to overshadow family time. And so we understood uh, from the experience as a child of how that impacts the lack of work-life balance negatively impacts the family. And then fast forward, um, I, I came from a Fortune 500 background, her from a family business background. 
But as we launched into business consulting about six years ago to focus primarily on small private family business, we saw what we experienced was that these business owners were working so hard that it was negatively impacting the relationships they, you know, they really valued the most, which is their family and their personal life. And so we really started to help. It gave us the vision of we're not just business consultants. What we're trying to do is help the business become more efficient, more profitable, so they can actually get more time back, so they can focus on the things that matter most. Because at the end of the day, you know, what good is it if the business is thriving when your relationship's suffering, right? I mean, that's what matters, right? Yeah. We want you to be able to win at both of them, family and business. Oh, that is so, so beautiful. Now, you mentioned about work-life balance. Let's talk about this, please. And I hate to ask this question, but I must. Is it even possible today, if you want to have a successful business or career, to have work-life balance? Don't you really have to sacrifice your personal life to achieve professional satisfaction and, and success? Yeah, so the short answer is that, yes, absolutely, it's possible. Um, the problem is the lack of definition around what that looks like. So, of course, when this topic comes up, you get a lot of different comments <laughs> coming back, right? Like, it's not possible, and this is how it's going to be. But this whole, is it possible, um, It's it really stems from, this question comes up because I think we bought into the society. The society, we've kind of built in this thing where we have to work harder to achieve that in order to have any kind of success, we have to go all in at the sacrifice of any personal time and of course, relationships. And there's no, I mean, there's nothing, I, you know, we both have our business degrees and there's nothing in the workbooks or the textbooks that said that's what had to happen to be successful. But yet we bought into this thing because of what other business owners have said going before us. And so one, you really need to understand the definition. And it's not about the quantitative time between how much time you spend in family, how much time you spend in business but it's a qualitative measurement. It's the quality of time that you spend with each of those. So the first and foremost is all about being intentional about prioritizing your, like for us and for you, I'm sure faith and family, and then your business or your career, because I know a lot of your listeners are, may not go into business, but they're in a career, but it's always about how do you prioritize things, faith and family first. And then with what's left over, how do you build a successful career or business with the time you have left, right? So that takes sitting down <clears throat> with your spouse and your family and talking about that. What does that look like to you? Because it's going to look different for each family yeah. and couple. And plan out your, your weekly calendar. We have a meetup every Monday where we get together and we talk about what our week's going to look like, what's the upcoming things coming on, what our schedule's going to look like for the month. So, And we plan our date nights, all that. Yeah. So, you know, it's what our life revolves around our calendar, right? And so if you look at your calendar, it'll tell you what you prioritize. And so therefore, but the first thing we want to do is to put on our calendars and it sounds kind of business-like, but again, as we get older, we get busier, right? And if we don't become intentional about what matters most and put on our calendar, everything else is going to take over. It's so interesting because everything you say makes so much sense. And you've used the word not once but twice, intentional. Yeah. It seems like intentionality is very, very important here. Yeah. I mean, everybody, like we started doing this, but then like we have our own podcast and we interview different power couples that we felt have done it. And that's that word comes up, intentional. 
um, all the just successful marriages we've seen that we know mentors or friends and family that we've seen just have a successful marriage. It's all about how intentional you are about the time. And that's, I mean, that's just across the board. So we've seen it. We've, we have the privilege of, as we've gotten to interview other people and get to know them, we're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's not a secret sauce. It's actually the, 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 that's how you become successful. And the things we, Kaylee just mentioned about our weekly meetings and all that, again, all the successful marriages we've seen, whether they're in business or just in career mode, those weekly, some form of regular meeting where it's dedicated, uninterrupted time to be husband and wife and talk about the various issues and get on the same page and stay on the same page are part of the measurement of, or the secret to success. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. Now, many of our listeners, indeed, WSOU, college students, and they're possibly starting a business. Is work-life balance possible even in that startup phase? I've started some very tiny businesses or projects, if you will, but I understand that when you start up a business, the time commitment and other types of commitments are just huge. Uh, I know many business owners who really had to grind it out in the beginning. Talk about that startup phase, please. Yeah, I think, first of all, I mean, get help, you know, even if you have a business degree like we did, starting a business is a, is a kind of beast on its own. And you don't know what you don't know. So what you're going to do is grind it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All you're going to do is end up putting more time in to be successful as opposed to why don't we get help earlier than later? Like, I mean, we went to two years of marriage counseling before we even got married. I mean, there's a whole story in itself. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. A month after we met, we, I mean, we're in counseling um, and that's, that's a story you can ask it if you want. But anyways, <laughs> we didn't have problems, but what we're doing, looking back, and this is Kaylee's idea. I didn't want to go to counseling, but looking back, it was preventive maintenance, right? It was about, we're doing well now, but let's not wait till things are broken to go get help and to go seek a counselor. And too many times, and you you can ask family therapists, and they'll tell you most of the people that come in, and couples that come through the door, they're on their last leg, and it's very difficult to fix that, right? Sure. And same thing with business consulting or mm-hmm. business. You know, it's better to get help early on, and to do it right from the get go, as opposed to when things you feel are broken and you just don't know how to deal with this, and you got all the stress of are you going to go to bankruptcy and all that, to then get help and then fix that. So I think number one is really go get help from the get-go is get some business mentors, get some professional help. Um, There's all something. kinds of books out there that you can read, yeah. podcasts, all kinds of educational stuff. Yeah. And do it the right way from the beginning. And again, even what we said earlier is put down, what are your pri- priorities in life? And then with the time you have to commit to the business, how do you do it better? Because scaling, I mean, just think about franchises, for example, I always give the franchise example because McDonald's, Burger King, all these major international franchises didn't grow 5X, 10X, 100X because the CEO put 100 times more effort in, right? It was all about a delegation of activities and duties, becoming more productive within the production or in the kitchen, right? Looking for ways to become more efficient and then delegate as much work as possible so that others can help grow as opposed to you, the business owner, trying to take it all on yourself. And that's what we see with a typical small business owner, is the owner taking on the big load. Raise up a team around you, leaders, and train them, and then turn them loose. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's brilliant. 
This is a question I was really hesitant to ask, but unfortunately I have to. <laughs> Since most of your work is helping married couples, have you found that that some couples just really shouldn't work together? <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky question. Um, I think the way I'd look at this is one of the reasons why couples have a hard time working together or don't want to work together. Like even I wasn't, I was a little bit hesitant of working with Kaylee, but it's because of the fear of that the business was going to negatively impact the relationship. Right. And it really comes down because they don't know how to manage conflict or know how to deal with the disagreements and issues. And so they may become big issues. Right. And so, but if you know how to do conflict, well, you can do anything together as a team. You're better together as a team, but unfortunately some couples, even if they don't work together, but just marriages in general, sometimes just don't know how to get on the same page and how to resolve conflict. And that's where the issue lies. It's not about whether you should work together or not. So we tell couples, even some ones that are thinking about working together, I was like, look, whether you work together or not, that's not our, that's not our decision, but we don't, we don't want the fear of conflict and the fact that it's negatively going to impact a relationship to be the issue why you don't work together or why you stop working together. Because you each bring some unique gift sets to the business. And if you do choose to work together, I think you are a much more powerful couple or much more powerful business owners. And the business will benefit from the two of you working together, understanding how to compl be complementary with your gift and skill mix. Yeah, so look at each other's differences as strengths because a lot of times we marry somebody that's an opposite like Robert was very detailed and he used to drive me nuts how detailed he was <laughs> and now I think it's handy because I'm like writing an email I'm doing something that's super detailed and I have him look at it and it's like oh this is great I love it yeah oh so you really complement each other then with your strengths it sounds like that yeah, is really that's how it should be but unfortunately in marriages in general they're their differences or their strengths become sandpaper. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's unfortunate. Like I always say, you know, our differences, like when we're dating, our differences were cute, you and know? Attractive. <laughs> but then for some reason, once we get married, they, become, ir they become irritating. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to get back to the dating period of when we saw the strength and the, the, the uniqueness and the gift that it was. Um, and get back to that mode and go, okay, let's let's look at this because you bring a unique perspective to the business, which is really very complimentary. And so if you learn how to work together uh, and, and really um, appreciate each other's gifts and differences, then it'll be so much better. Do people ask either or both of you, how do you know if you should work with my, you know, with, with, with a spouse? Um, sometimes. And so the first thing we do is we look at like we, we use this profile a lot, you know, when those personality tests and there's Enneagram now, whatever, but look at those and understand, look at the differences and similarities, but then especially look at the differences and see how your, your spouse's complementary skills or, or different strengths will complement your weaknesses, right? Like basically it fills the gap of your weakness. So if you know, number one, as the business owner or as a person working the business, know your strengths, but also know your weaknesses. And then look at your spouse and see how complimentary they are and think how much better would our business be if we actually work together and utilize our strengths to be able to compensate for each other's weaknesses. And plug each other into things that you're good at. Because a lot of times entrepreneurs like, 
oh my gosh, you know, I have this position to fill because I need a bookkeeper and I'm just going to put my spouse in there because I don't want to pay someone and it'll be so much simpler, which that can turn into a nightmare if that's not their gifting. Yeah. Because then we put it off because we don't want to do it. And then the other spouse is nagging us. Oh, you done? Have you done that yet? And then we do it and it's not the way they want it. And it causes a big conflict. And then we're like, oh my gosh, you're not happy with what I did as opposed to putting them into a position they're really good and they love. So I have to be, I have to confess. <laughs> this is, I guess, the appropriate show <laughs> to confess is that I put Kaylee to do QuickBooks and that's not her thing, right? Her no. gift is not made. Oh, <laughs> no. It wasn't pretty. And so, yeah, you learn, it's like, you don't, you don't put your spouse into position just because you want to fill a seat, but make sure it's something that actually takes advantage of their strength, right? And so when you do that, it's going to work well. But too many times we've seen couples that are working together where the supporting spouse is just literally just filling a seat for like cheap labor, right? As opposed to really putting them in a position where they can excel. I'm a recovering CPA, Kaylee, so I can really uh, relate to what you must have gone through there. Now, I hate to mention this as well, but according to the Small Business Association, I don't know, is this really true? The failure rate for businesses within 10 years, 80%? My goodness, yeah. that sounds so high. Yeah. Share with us, please, a tip or two that can really improve the chances of success. Well, I think what I kind of shared earlier is number one, get help. I mean, again, the typical small business owner is gifted in whatever, like being a chef, like cooking or fixing cars, or maybe they're a techie, so they know how to write code those kind of things. And then they just start charging for their products or services and off we go. And then they learn as they go. And so the typical business, like when I first started consulting, because of my marketing background, they're hiring me for marketing help. They wanted more customers. They felt sales, more sales was the issue. And so when I looked, since you're recovering CPA, you'll appreciate this. When I started looking at their financial statements, I noticed that their profit margins were way too small. And so what happened was they're thinking that more sales is going to compensate for that. But when the average business owner is already running, like running ragged and already spending doing 10, 12 hour days, and then you're trying to get more sales, more customers. I mean, what is that going to do to the business, right? It's going to just create more work and more stress. And is that really good? So we look at that as, you know, get your margins right. So I think that's one, like from a financial perspective, when you're just starting out, really work with a good CPA, a good, good CFO type person, and really understand how to price things appropriately, how to get your margins to a healthy way. And then as you project out some conservative volume estimates, then you'll be able to make sure that you're running with, with, with healthy financials as opposed to relying on more sales, right? The, the gap for most business owners is the financial piece, mm -hmm. right? They're not trained in accounting or finances. They're just trained in what they do. And so that's why, you know, and at the end of the day, why why do businesses go out of business? It's because cash flow. They have no money left, right? <laughs> and so and so that's the gap. It's 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 marketing and, and finance, but it's really finance and then marketing are the top top one and two, you know, reasons for failure. And so get the numbers right, but definitely get get help because and and and, and get help in the areas you don't, you know, you're just not good at. I would think for someone starting a new business that pricing would be very, very tricky and, and complicated. Uh, 
is it as complicated as I'm thinking or is it a trial and error? I'm just curious what advice you give people. Yeah, actually, I kind of fell into pricing as one of my expertise in marketing because nobody oh, touches wow. it. Yeah, it's, it's an it's an area that's kind of untouched because it's kind of, it is a little bit, um, because it's it can be highly subjective. So you know, I had a, a mentor who was a CFO. And so he really versed me in, in, in that area. And it's somewhat simple, but at the same time, a little bit nuanced. So, you know, the typical business owner will reach for, they want to know, they want some kind of quantitative, some kind of objective way to set a price. But to really achieve like a, what we call a value-based price, to really base your price based on what your product and service is truly worth, there's a lot of subjectivity that goes into it. So what happens when they just do some of a cost plus pricing where they say, if, if you got a product or retail business, you take your cost of goods and you mark it up 50%, for example. Um, that's just an arbitrary number based on what they think is supposed to happen based on a margin, maybe the competitors are doing or whatever, but every business situation is unique, right? So you really have to set a price based on the value. And that's a very subjective piece. And that's the piece that we really have to go into and delve into the quality of the brand, the product and service, really, what is it worth? What's the experience your customer has and come up with a value-based price. But then also, once you come up with the price, you got to do the projections. You got to see in the course of a year, based on X amount of volume that we think we're going to hit, are we going to make, are we going to achieve the right profits that we're hoping for, like a 10 to 15% net, net margin, right? But too many times the business owner just sets a price and then just assumes that as long as you get enough volume, you're going to make the profit. But we look back and I've had case, we've had case after case where that wasn't going to, that wasn't the case. They just keep chasing volume after volume, right? They hit one volume milestone. Mm -hmm. They don't have good margins or they don't, don't have a healthy net. So they figure another 30% or 50% growth. I mean, we just had a, a, you know, a client pretty recently, they had their profit margin or their net margin um, in 2020 was barely 1%. They grew 50% in 2021 and their net margin was still barely 1%. Oh, geez. Right? So, I mean, you think about it. I'm like, it's not a volume issue, <laughs> right? Oh. And so cases like that, we just figure out, you know, what we need to write. So, but anyways, all that to say is that's where we kind of get a little bit more in depth about really understanding the value of your company. And it doesn't matter if you're a startup or 30 years in business, every business has kind of a, a, a unique strength that no matter even has a unique strength against against you know big corporations and the bigger brands mm, that's okay. a big mistake that startups do is they say because we're not a big brand we need to price ourselves a little bit lower oh starts yeah, yeah i can see where that could happen easily yeah <laughs> you two are recognized as creme de la creme the real true experts in this field of yours it's amazing so thank you again for being our guest today but have you made a mistake or two in business that you think might be able to help our listeners today? Yeah, I think just even what I just <laughs> said earlier about working on volume is, you know, early on in my consulting, you know, things started off pretty well. And then all of a sudden it really slowed down. And I started really going after because of my marketing background, did all these, you know, develop a nice marketing plan. And really went out to really cast a wide net to try and, uh, you know, reach a bigger audience so we can have more clients coming in. Well, it was actually in my prayer time was when it hit me, it wasn't about getting new 
a, a bigger find a bigger network or building new relationships it was always it was about digging deeper in a relationship I already had oh so this is a a, a good marketing example of uh, one of the little gaps in marketing for a lot of small business owners and again i'm using myself as an example is we're always trying to get more and newer customers as opposed to going deeper with the relationships we already have because the average customer that comes back a repeat customer second or third time will spend about up to two times more than the first time so if you think about it and and we're consumers right the first time we, we do business with a new brand or new business we haven't dealt with our first purchase is almost kind of a kick the tire kind of thing. And then when we have a great experience, we come back and maybe we bring friends, like say for a restaurant or something like that, right? We bring, we come back a second time, order bigger, more in the menu, or we bring friends and family to it, right? Yes. So yeah. the, the repeat customer spends more money. Oh. <laughs> and so customer retention is a big thing. It's a, it's a big mistake that even I made. And because I, I won't throw Kaylee on their bus because it was me. <laughs> um, but that was one of the big mistakes that it's even stuff that we preached even from before we even started our own business to begin with. And you get a better return on your money if you keep the repeat customer as opposed to keeping having to get new ones all the time. It's really expensive. Boy, Kaylee, that makes great sense. Absolutely. We've only got about five minutes, sadly. We could literally talk all day, but I want to talk about tandem. The Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance, this fabulous book you've written. Tell us a little bit about what this book is about, please. Well, I think if you just listen to the show, <laughs> you, you get a little bit of a summary. Right? A I little mean, taste of it. Yeah, it's kind of a unique book because we're addressing both sides of the relationship, the marriage and the business. Wow. How do you do both better? Right. That's the tension that the typical entrepreneur, whether they're married or not, uh, faces is, you know, I got to put more time in it. Right. We're, we're, we're taught that and not in school, per se, but we're just taught. We're learned that we got to go all in on the business or our career and our relationships are going to have to be secondary for a while. And they'll say, like for startups, don't expect for the first three years of your startup that to even have a life. Well, unfortunately, those three years turn into five years, turn into 10 years, turn into 20 years. And so we never know where to draw the line. So it's about draw the line in the beginning. And even if you've been in business 20 years, we got to figure out what are the boundaries that we need to create between business and, and marriage and our family so we can have quality time at home. And then on the business, how do we structure the business to be more profitable with both time and money, right? Gain more margin of time and money. And that will help you. That'll also position your business to scale beyond you. So when you talk about scaling a business, it's really about positioning a business so it can grow without you, the business owner. The less you do, the more things can grow, right? Yes. Oh, that's so wonderful. Now, this may sound foolish, but I truly believe this book is not only for married couples who are entrepreneurs. I think anybody, actually, whether they're an entrepreneur, not married with their spouse in the business, or even intrapreneurs. Those those in major cor- you know corporations yeah. who are acting like entrepreneurs can really get a lot out of this book. Yeah, C-suite managers and all that. Yeah, no doubt and about there's that. There's only really one chapter that is really specific to married couples. Um, after that, all the principles would apply single or, or married. But it's really about you know if you're wanting to have better work-life balance, you know what does it take? What does that look like? We've saved Robert and Kaylee the most important question for last. Where can our loyal listeners purchase this great book, Tandem? How can they best follow you going forward, please? 
Well, definitely most people are buying on Amazon, so it's definitely there. <laughs> uh, you can always go to our website, thetandembook.com, and you can actually download the first chapter for free if you still want to kind of kick the tires. Um, and then from there, you can purchase um, on, on Amazon or there'll be a link to put, go there. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Power Couples by Design, and uh, just look at some of our journeys. <laughs> and our podcast. Oh, Power tell up. us about the podcast, please, Kaylee. <laughs> Yeah, our podcast is Power Up Your Marriage and Business on oh, all wow. Spotify and all the other platforms. Okay. Do you do this periodically or is there a certain, do you do it like weekly or weekly. monthly? A week We're on our third year. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's it's not just us people. talking, but we also interview a lot of other power couples and um, sometimes marriage therapists, as well as a lot of entrepreneur and entrepreneur couples that have done it and you know, have gone through a lot of the struggles <laughs> we talked about and have come out on the other end and, and share some of their secrets. So we can learn from other people. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely one of a listener's no excuse. A tandem, the married entrepreneur's guide for greater work-life balance. I'll pick up a copy for yourself. As we always like to say here on thank God for Monday as Franciscans, we don't hold on to the good. We share the good pick up one or more copies for some or others that, you know, share the good. There are a lot of nuggets in this book. We just got some of them uh, during the last 30 minutes. There's a lot more uh, in this fabulous book. And also listen to the podcast of Robert and Kaylee for even more nuggets. And as they said, follow them on social media as well. Robert and Kaylee, authors of this great book, Tandem, The Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance. We can't thank you enough for gracing the airways of Thank God for Monday today. Yes, we've been enlightened. Much more, we've been inspired. Uh, we've been inspired that there's some other ways, there's some innovative ways for married entrepreneur couples to really have work-life balance, to really have satisfaction in their marriage and in their business as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Continued success, joy, and wonderful love in your marriage and in your business. And again, many, many thanks for gracing our airwaves today. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. It, yes. was, it was great. Had a lot of fun. We, I did as well. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Haley and Robert do, you'll say, thank God for Monday. Until next week for another episode. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.